Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi, it's Andy there here again. As I prepare this beacon, we're on the cusp of having meetings together in the church restricted once again. Not because of persecution, but because as a nation, we're in this together, battling the COVID-19 pandemic, which is affecting all corners of the earth as we speak. We're following government guidelines as closely as possible in order to minimise the spread of this virus and to protect our loved ones. It isn't easy, as we've just had the joy of meeting together in person on Sundays for a number of weeks. It's been an oasis of blessing in what has been a very difficult year. And the balance is a difficult one. And I'm sure that there are many difficult challenges and decisions that are also being faced in family groups. It all may seem very oppressive and restraining, and it may even seem unnecessary to us if we've not encountered COVID-19 knocking at our door. But nevertheless, we are asked to do what we can to limit the spread of something which is somewhere out there. It may be seen as being overreactive to close down social gatherings and to behave in a way that remove our liberties. But surely we should be thinking of others perhaps a little more than ourselves. After all, the Bible clearly tells us to put others first. I was reminded that we battle sin every day. Now, whether that comes from changing learned behaviour, which is shaped by our, our environments that we exist in, what well, we would call this our nature, or whether it comes in the form of temptation, something that pulls at our senses and pleasures to entice us to do something which may seem harmless, but could, spiritually speaking, kill us. I'm mindful that God sent Jesus as a man to face the challenges and temptations that we also will face. And there's a many-faceted reason why God chose to do this. Have you noticed that we often use the expression, I couldn't help it, to somehow make our wrongdoings acceptable and even forgivable, as though uttering those words draws a line underneath our transgression and allows us to bury them in the past. We've probably all done it. I certainly know that I have. But actually, the response shows us the real problem. I... Let's consider this well-known passage from Matthew's account of Jesus' life in his Gospel. So from Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. And during that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus said, No, the scripture says, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will uphold you with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the very peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give all of this to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. 
Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Okay, so let's start with something which is possibly overlooked on first reading. When Jesus was tempted, it's easy to assume, assume that he only faced the three questions we've just had outlined to us. Tell these stones to become bread, jump off the temple without harm, and bow down and worship in exchange for the world. Now these may be the main targeted areas of Jesus' temptation, but we're in the danger of missing the point that Jesus was led into the desert by the Spirit to be tempted. And this was for a period of 40 days and 40 nights. So Jesus didn't have just have to fight the temptations of the devil on three occasions, but on every day and night that he spent in the desert. During all of that time, the tempter came to him. We do Jesus at his service if we believe that he battered away the temptations on three occasions only. God sent his son to prove to us that sin can be overcome. Now, we could get into some serious theological debate surrounding questions as to whether Jesus could sin or not, to which I would rather simply reply that if it was not possible, then why would Satan even try? It makes much more sense for us in our humanity and our understanding of our own failures today to realise that Jesus has been tempted in every way for our sake. We're told this in Hebrews chapter 4. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest, Jesus, he understands our weaknesses, for he faces all of the same testings that we do. Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You see, this is amazing stuff, because at the times that we need it, it's going to be now. And in these times, we can boldly approach God, because he looks upon our failure and unrighteousness with mercy and forgiveness and grace. Because Jesus has already obediently met the standard that God requires. Basically, if we trust Jesus, have faith in him, believe in him, then his righteousness, his sinlessness, his payment for sin is given to us as God acts graciously towards us. Now let's just let that settle for a moment. The whole point of Jesus being tempted was to show that sin can be resisted, that temptations that we face every moment of every day can be resisted. But more than that, because Jesus fully resisted temptation, we are covered by this as well when we boldly approach God. We've spoken before about putting on Christ, but in a literal sense, this is what we do whenever we come before a holy, righteous, just God. We cover our sinful nature with Jesus' pure, hard-fought-for, persevered-for, blood-stained and nail-pierced body. We are hidden in him. 
So why am I bringing this to our attention? Well, simply this. We are not going through anything that Jesus does not know about. Isolation, being cut off, being in restricted access to his friends and family, being tempted in new unfamiliar surroundings, being faced with the desire to make things stop and to take our eyes off God. These are all well known to Jesus. It's the knowledge that we have that Jesus faced all of this and more that gives us the faith to stand firm. We pray in these difficult days ahead that we will stand firm, unbowed in our faith, and will continue to demonstrate God's love to a hurting world. 40 days and 40 nights from a Jewish perspective would remind God's people of God's provision and promises to Israel as they wandered in the desert after the Exodus. They may have been exhausted and demoralised, but when you keep your eyes on God, the promised land is still just that, a promised land. It's a promise of God, and we know it's true. Maybe we will face temptation and trials in the coming days, and in these times of isolation, they are often the times we fear as we think we stand alone. We should be reminded that God never left his people, never abandoned his promises. And in Jesus, we have the perfect solution to the world's and mankind's problems. Sin is the basis of our downfall. But Jesus' perseverance and ability to remain without fault means that we have access to God that we do not and cannot deserve. I for one am thankful that Jesus resisted temptation because when he did, he was thinking of me. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.